Hello, and I'm recording this with 100 days to go to the Tokyo Olympics, which is quite something when you think of what's happened and is still happening during the course of this worldwide pandemic. It will, of course, be a very different Games, but a lot of athletes have spent the last five years or more with competing there in mind. So today's guests, it's the return of the badminton mixed doubles pair Marcus Ellis and Lauren Smith, who were very close to qualifying for Tokyo. They're partners on and off the court, and they're going to tell us what being an Olympian means to them. And also, as you may know if you've listened to the past episodes, they have a love of brownies. And since the last episode they were on, I sent them some of my favourites to sample. So there's a bit of brownie chat at the end. But firstly, where are they today? Uh, We're in Milton Keynes. We're at home for a, a little while, only for another week and a half before we, we jet off again on a actually a very long tour, maybe the, one of the longest we've ever done. So you know, I'm sure there's some challenges around the corner, but we're actually quite enjoying some time at home just now. So you've got this long tour. How long is that? Where are you going? And I guess, you know, this is the business end now. It's really going to seal your Olympic places. It's likely six weeks. Uh, first up is Europeans in Kiev. Then we'll go from there to India, where we'll have a week's sort of quarantine and then a week's event. Then head on to Malaysia, where again, we'll have a week's quarantine, then a competition in Malaysia and then Singapore. So, yeah, these are the final four qualifying events of the calendar. Um, Normally, we wouldn't be playing this close up to Olympics for qualifying, but it's just with, you know, everything that's happened. This is how it is. It's like Marcus said, it's the longest tour we're we're ever going to have done. We're going to have to take a lot of suitcases full of food. But yeah, we're looking forward to it. Obviously, there's, um, you know, we're in good positions for qualifying um but you know it's one of those times in any sport i think where you know a lot can happen and nothing's ever quite as certain as you would like it to be so you know hopefully there'll be some good performances in there and we'll be we'll be coming home probably a little bit tired but hopefully qualified for tokyo so whilst i remember you should listen to yesterday's podcast with adam dixon the captain of gb hockey who was in kuala lumpur malaysia and he had six days. I know you love your lockdown stories. He's got six days in a room there. And he, you, you you pick up some bits from him. Um, but as you said, it is an important time for you now. Uh, just where are you at when it comes to qualifying for the Olympic Games? From a mixed perspective, I think we're in a very good position. You know, maybe 90, 95% sure that, you know, we're, we're going to qualify. But whilst there is that 5% chance that you couldn't, it's always in the back of your mind. And for that reason, you know, we have to go to all of these tournaments. You know, we can't be complacent. You know, we have to be 100% professional about it. And, you know, it's it's everything we play for. So, you know, you wouldn't want to be complacent and lose out just because you weren't 100% committed. In the doubles, I would say slightly less so, mm-hmm. but um, still in very good position. It's for sure, these four tournaments are going to be very, very important. And I'm sure in certain events, there are going to be some that comes to the last tournament where people are going to be scrapping it out for these uh, for these places. Lots of, well, celebrations today, I guess, with 100 days to go to the Olympics. I mean, you were both in Rio. So can you explain to us how much it means to you to become an Olympian? It's hard to put into words, to be honest, because... The Olympics was the thing that inspired me to pursue sport. Um, you know, obviously I fell into badminton because my family played and, you know, I was very pleased that that was an Olympic sport. 
but I remember watching the Olympics growing up and even if it was on you know in a different time zone me and my mum would be staying up till all hours watching things like the modern pentathlon and you know events that you'd never normally watch and seeing Steve Redgrave make history and I think all of the people that inspired me to play sports have come from the Olympics so to be an Olympian is quite surreal you know and to kind of have that opportunity to maybe be a role model for other people and maybe inspire people to play badminton or just play sport whatever it is yeah is is pretty huge and definitely one of my career highlights who inspired you lauren well so steve redgrave was definitely one uh he's an olympic legend denise lewis was incredible i still picture kelly holmes running over that line uh when she won her second gold medal that facial expression um Catherine Granger, there's, there's honestly, I could just sit here and name Olympic Chris Hoy, just until you were, so I was blue in the face. Um, I just think seeing the emotions of kind of what Olympics means and every single moment of GB success is really, really inspiring. And Marcus, not only are you an Olympian, but you're an Olympic medal winner. Just explain how that was for you in Rio in 2016. Uh, yeah, I mean... I think for me and Chris, it was it was quite an unexpected medal, which I, I think made things even even stranger. You know, we, we went there, you know, hope, hoping to play our best and see see what see what was going to happen really. And coming away with a medal was very very surreal. And I think above not just ours but the coaches and management expectations as well. So it was the to- our tournament actually ended. I think the day before day or two before the closing ceremony so you know we had quite a long long period of competition and it was a surreal last couple of days that is for sure I think once we'd won I think we we whisked off to I think BBC interviews with Claire all day and then we might have had some celebrations that evening <laughs> and then and then and then someone got us out of bed at I think five o'clock in the morning the next morning to go and do all the other interviews that you know they wanted to get back um, out for lunchtime yeah I might have looked a bit worse for wear because <laughs> I, I I'm not 100% sure how many hours sleep I got but yeah but you know it was a it was a massive whirlwind um you know and the, even just the flight home it was you know it was just full of GB athletes and you know, it was like one it was like one big party all the way home so yeah, it, was, it was pretty it was pretty cool I sent a photo to Lauren today of you the day after and she said you were looking a bit worse for wear. I didn't notice that, to be fair. That was Lauren's words, not mine. <laughs> Just to go through that whole process, um, I mean, you, you compete and then from memory, you have to sort of walk through a mix zone when you've finished your, when you, you, you won your bronze medal. And then you have your ceremony and then you go back through the mix zone again and do interviews. And then, like you said, you get bust away and you go and see Claire Bolding and... And then I don't know were you drugs tested as well, and then you have a main press conference. There's a lot of stuff that's going on, and sometimes you can't get to speak to you know your loved ones during this time as well. I guess it's a crazy sort of time. Yeah, I think after the um, medal ceremony, a few hours must have gone by where, like you say, we were doing this these press conferences, and then you want to give your time to everybody, you know, and that's probably your only only opportunity to really thank everybody and you know you you can't you kind of want to concentrate on that um but at the same time all you're thinking is oh my god i've just won an olympic medal i want to run around 
like swinging it around and you know it's it, it was a very strange few hours but I have to say the, the badminton team that were there um really made the experience for us because it wouldn't have been the same without without all of those guys there well you two you two weren't together then were you no that was that was pre us days I mean even not being together just seeing the success of those guys in Rio was just incredible um I was sat I remember sitting behind the court and feeling sick with nerves when they were playing the bronze medal match to make it about me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it was just a huge moment for, for badminton and they played incredibly. They were just like a joy to watch that entire week. And yet I was very proud to be able to be there to celebrate, you know, with them and, you know, raise a glass to the, the huge, or a few glasses to the, <laughs> the huge success um, the night that they won. It was um you know, for, for me, it was a memorable part of my trip as well. You know, just that that whole sort of being part of, of history. I look, um, all the best for your travels. I need to ask you one thing, of course. Uh, when we last spoke, we we looked at your uh, we all Lauren. We always look at your social media, and you're still super active. But um, lots of sweet stuff was being sent to you, and I sent you some brownies from my favourite brownie shop, the Beeston Brownie Company. And I guess I'm waiting now to hear yours and Marcus's reviews because my kids think they're not brownies. I love them, but what do you think? We were very impressed. Yeah, so I, I think that they're maybe the most chocolatey brownies and they weren't overly sweet, which I think is really quite nice because brownies are often like really sweet and, <laughs> you know, you can't have very much of it before you think, oh, that's <laughs> Whereas those ones, it was just, real chocolate and cocoa and that that's kind of like for me it felt like a real grown-up brownie a real adult brownie for me I could I could eat them all, all day like they were very no, good yeah. yeah definitely I think they were as far as like that grown-up brownie you know the really rich really fudgy texture they were probably the best ones I've ever, I've ever had personally for me I like more of a crust and maybe a bit more filling if I'm being picky <laughs> But I definitely think they were some of the best we've we've had. You definitely you've got a you've got a good palate for them. <laughs> You're probably just less grown up than me and Marcus, to be fair. Yeah, I'm just more I've immature. Got, I've got a few it, years on her. That's to be what fair. it is. I like the childish ones. <laughs> uh, look, uh, lovely to see you both again. Um, hopefully, we can hook up sometime when you're doing one of your um, self-isolating quarantines in one of the many countries you're going to over the next couple of months or so. And all the best uh, back in action again. Thanks, Mark. Nice to speak to you. (laughs) And that's Marcus Ellis and Lauren Smith. And we'll catch up with them again somewhere on their travels over the next six weeks. And that's about it for today. A hundred days to go to the Tokyo Olympics. I'll be back with more Olympic and Paralympic chat tomorrow. Until then, bye-bye. Thanks for listening.